That was perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. Uh, I'm Keith Giles. And I'm just like really, really, really happy you guys are all here. We love you guys so much. I was wondering where my weed went, man. You stole all that shit. I just, I'm just trying to get into the groove, man. Because you know, we're doing this uh, really, really kind of uh, special episode about the devil's lettuce. So oh, yeah, yeah. welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour. Hey guys, why don't you just join in and say hi, dudes? Hi guys, this is Jamal. It's a pleasure to be back on the Heretic Happy Hour podcast with you. And this is Matt, your resident pothead. And Keith, I don't really appreciate the stereotypes <laughs> that you're throwing out there. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry about that. Because I, 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 I did partake a little bit of the devil's lettuce, and I don't think I sound like that. So oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can fuck off, good sir. <laughs> well, see, though, you're used to it, man. You've been doing it so long. It's, you know what I mean? You've built up a tolerance where... No. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys. So seriously, uh, welcome to the podcast. And we have a great, great uh, episode for you guys today. And I have an announcement, if you don't mind. We have our one-year anniversary of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast coming up. It will be, yeah, it'll be shortly after this episode here that we're uh, recording releases. And so... Uh, as a way to celebrate, I'm going to be going down to your guys' neck of the woods. So I'll be heading down to the Orange County, Costa Mesa, California. We're going to be doing a live show again at the Sidecar Donuts offices there in Costa Mesa, California on September 8th. And we will be talking about or answering the question, what is church? So <laughs> I have my thoughts. I know you guys will have yours and I'm I'm totally looking forward to chatting about it with you guys. Um, I guess in, in shortly in a week here. So that's, that's me exciting. If you're listening to this and you're living in the uh, Western part of the United States of America, we hope that you will make plans to come out. It'd be awesome to have you guys there. Those live shows are always they, a blast, are. man. Live shows they are great. Totally. They are. Yeah. Well, Hey um, guys, I, I'm just going to announce this um, as if it's normal because it is. Um, you guys know probably that, um, that we do have a hotline, right? I think, that I think, yeah, that came out last week. That came out last week. That cat's out of yeah. the bag. Yeah. Um, and we really um, have been encouraged yeah. by the support we've gotten for this um, for this hotline. Uh, so I'll, let me give you the number in case you don't already have it. The number is 2403-HERESY or 
240-343-7379. Now, here is a caveat, though, okay? Um, you can oh. call it from 9 to 5 Eastern Time, um, Central Time, or Pacific Time. And you can even call it after that, too, or before that. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. because it's, yeah, yes. because it's just the way the technology is set up that you could, that, that phone will receive your phone calls. That line will receive your phone calls, uh, 24 hours a day. Yeah, operators. Uh, yeah. Operators. Totally. Are on call totally. You know, so, yeah. and you know, it takes a lot of t- time and effort to staff that, that hotline. Um, so we, we could, you know, and it's not cheap. So, uh, again, we could, you just <laughs> that. So anyway, um, but we do have a voicemail. We have a voicemail. It came into the Heretic Happy Hour Hotline. So, could uh, engineer, could we uh, queue up that voicemail? Hi, guys. Love your podcast. Two thoughts, if you don't mind. Uh, any consideration given to producing two 30-minute podcasts instead of one 60-minute one? I just think I might prefer a 30-minute dose more than a 60-minute dose because when I go walking in the neighborhood for my exercise, 30 minutes is the regimen I've selected. Secondly, is there an email address where we might correspond with you? Uh, I have too much to say and don't want to text it to you, and I can't always put my thoughts together correctly the first time on the Heretic Hotline. But if I had an email address and I could write to you and edit, tweak, and massage, and wordsmith my message, I might have better content for you. Hope that's possible. Mm-hmm. I'll keep uh, my ears open to see what you can do. Keep up the great work. Bye. Wow. You know, I would say if anybody wants to send a massage to me, I'm I'm ready. I don't think that's what he said. Uh, any way you want to, send, that's that's all I have picked up on. I just heard the word. No, massage. I think he meant that a little differently in the sense that he was talking about like oh, okay. a, a written message he wants to kind of. Kind oh, of oh, but we yeah, do. Okay. The good news is we do have an. Uh, you know, I think we have developed an uh, technology is amazing these days. We have developed an electronic mail address. We have an <laughs> electronic mailbox that we can receive electronic correspondence. Our address for our electronic mailbox is heretics. So it's H E R E T I C S, heretics at choir, Q U O I R dot com. So heretics at choir dot com. You can send electronic mail. It's a great. Great question. Anybody? Mm. I don't know that we've announced that. Or yeah, we can, you can massage your message to us. And, <laughs> and then when you're done with it, yes, you just please. hit that send button and it comes right to us. It's amazing what, how, how it works. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I can't. All right. What about his other question? Uh, as yeah. far as the question, yeah, the 30 minute thing. I mean, here's the thing it's the heretic happy hour. <laughs> so it'd be kind of weird to make it the heretic half hour. Happy half hour. This doesn't, I mean, now that makes it four H's, right? The heretic happy half hour. Uh, it just doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well. Plus we got already got the t-shirts and the, and the mugs and all that. Yeah, you the know, shit's been branded already. I just Sorry. don't think it's going to And work. Hey, just, just, uh, just yeah. step up your workout game, son. You know, I don't know. <laughs> they might have to be hour long walks. Or, or what you could do is maybe after the first half hour, you could pause it. And then the next day, like unpause it and keep yeah. listening. You know, that's, that's something a good like possibility that. too. That's a good idea. That's um, what I would say. Yeah. You know, I do, I do understand yeah. what the caller is talking about because you know, um, thirty minutes is, you know, it, it just it can be more. I, I understand. Like I listen to the podcasts, and you know, sometimes the shorter ones are a little easier to listen to. But the, the problem is, I think sometimes maybe what people don't realize, the listeners, when 
it is, it goes so fast. And I know like to be able to, we already feel pressed for time when we're recording these things because, you know, we have, they have a lot that we're doing, you know, especially with these interviews, we get some amazing people that we've been able to interview and we can honestly make it longer. It's just in the flow of a conversation to cut it down to 30 minutes. I, this is my personal views. I feel like it would be really cutting. We wouldn't be doing justice to some of the topics sure. um, that right. we're addressing. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause, cause at this point, I mean, that's a great point. Cause look, most of our interviews are right. about 30 minutes. So like, I mean, we would have no time to discuss right. any topics. And so, yeah, I just don't yeah. see that no, happening. I, I do on um, podcast though. There is, there's is a setting where you can speed it up. Like, so you can speak. Yes, you can. It, it sounds it. a little funky. It sounds like we're on yeah, helium, yeah, you, you know, like we're like inhaled helium and our voices are a little higher, <laughs> but you actually can. There is a setting on podcasts where you can listen to it faster, like double time. Um, it sounds funky, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it does work. But you know what? Here, here's, here's, here's the thing though. Like I talk fast already. And if you listen to me talking at like double speed, it's almost unintelligible. Right. It's almost unintelligible anyway, Keith. So, so. Anyway. <laughs> That's true. It's barely, it's barely, yeah. <laughs> it's barely intelligible now. I, it would be completely unintelligible uh, sped up. Hey, I think yeah, we have a text though. Can we, per, can we queue up a, a... Okay, here, here's our first text. Here's, this is from a listener, uh, anonymous listener. Quote, here's an idea for the show parentheses and website english english christianese translations every show you could take a word from christianese and offer an english definition i.e dispensationalism calvinism rapture purgatory etc man yeah unquote that's a cool idea the problem is of course if we did do that then we're now now we're going the opposite direction and now it's going to be an hour and a half podcast (laughs) But that's plus, a great idea. Plus, there's that. Wikipedia. Y- y'all can just look that shit up. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what, though, we could we could probably do something like that on the Patreon page, yeah, like a word of the day funny. or something, or yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe we'll take that. We will take that under advisement. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you for that text. Appreciate that. Great, great suggestion. Um, all right, and we have another text. Can we, can we get that? Come- awesome. Thank-, thank you so much for typing that up. Um, quote, <laughs> regard- <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. okay, quote, regarding God in all, <laughs> I can't, I can't, all right, <laughs> somebody else got to read this. You want, you want me to, all right, I, I got it. You, you damn potheads. You can't do any of this shit, man. Jesus. All right. All right. Regarding God and all humanity, what is the best approach to finding slash experiencing the legitimacy of other spiritual practices? Any value for evolution of humanity? Specifics from Hinduism, awakening, kundalini, tantric sex, chakra cleansing, meditate, meditation mantras from new age, astral projection, third eye meditation, Akashic Records Meditation. I don't know what that is. Introduce trances from shamanic African and Native American traditions, hypnosis, mind-expanding substances like peyote. It says Hiawatha, but it's ayahuasca. Not that I know anything about that. Magic shrooms, or psilocybin as it's called. Um, Related to the last question relating to the view of the Bible is not a good authority. Should someone believe in aliens and ghosts, blah, 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 and they go on. Um, I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what much of that stuff is. If you guys haven't, I mean, I know what ayahuasca and and mushrooms are, um, and I may or may not, but definitely have tried some of that. Um, I I don't know. What do you guys think? 
Well, uh, it's a, I mean, the question, <clears throat> the question basically is, what's the best approach to finding, experiencing the legitimacy of these, right. and we've, this long and, list of and we've, practices. But we've talked so, about other things in other episodes, not necessarily sure, these specific sure. things that are mentioned. And, um, right. and I don't know, it was it episode five, five yeah. I think, maybe? Yeah, the one finding Christ in non-Christian sure. things? Sure, yep. Is that the one? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, since uh, you and I, Matt, and probably Jamal, don't have a lot of experience with a lot of what is being said here, it's kind of difficult to say, well, here's how I would approach, right. you know, Akashic Records meditation, because right. I have no idea even what the heck that right. is. Right. So I would just say, I mean, if you're interested in those things, then, you know, maybe you can try it out and come back and tell us what you think. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. You know, I guess the way I would approach it is, first of all, and, and then I think at the bottom of the text, it says conventional Christian answers are no to both of these things. You know, if someone hears, <clears throat> you know... um, deceased relatives they are demons in disguise that's what you know the t- typical christian answer uh, would be uh, don't sure, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and something about aliens I've, I've heard people you know when they approach those topics it's you know everything is just evil and bad and don't go there right but i think right. i think yeah. if it's not christian right and so there's all this i there's a in the traditional christian understanding of, of how to view things it's either good or evil bad or good i i've learned personally just to not to try to look at things through that grid of this is good and this is bad. This is evil, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it's not a question of good or bad. It's just a question of, and I think it's a personal question for each person to, to be able to grapple with, you know, I firmly believe that whatever we need for the journey that we're on will come to us at the right time. I just believe, I think that's how it's orchestrated. I do believe. And I, I think that sometimes some of these practices that were mentioned, uh, you know, whether it be meditation or even, you know, and I, I know, I know some really, really good people who have, um, who have, who have, you know, done mushrooms or, you know, uh, ayahuasca and those kinds of things. And they have been, they have aided them in their journey and have actually helped them see things from a, from a more expanded perspective. And, um, and so, so, you know, in, in, years ago, I would have just been like, no, that's bad. Don't stay away from that. But I think when you're ready for something, you know, it's, it's for me, like when something comes into my path, I always consider it. I say, okay, you know, it doesn't mean I always will engage in something, but sometimes I'll consider it and say, okay, what's going on right. here? What's, you know, is this something that's being yeah. sent to me? How do I feel? I check in with myself, you know, um, with my, with my heart. And if something feels congruent, you know, I'll move forward. It. And if it doesn't, you know, it's not like I say, that's bad. I just may say, Hey, it's not for me, at least not right now. Um, so right. I think each person kind of needs right. to take these things. Um, and and right. again, this is something we could probably talk more about yeah. in another episode. That yeah, we could do like a whole episode. Sure. I think I, the other thing I would, I would just caution too, though, I hear what you're saying and I, and I've heard positive experiences as well with people who have used, um, you know, mushrooms or different kinds of mind expanding things. Uh, but I've also heard people who have tried some of these things who've had really negative, uh, yep. like really bad experiences with it. So yep. I would just say, you know, be careful because not everything you're going to try is going to be pleasant or be, uh, you know, this beautiful thing. So just again, I would just say, yeah, tread, yeah. tread carefully. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but a good, we, 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 we could do a whole episode on this because yeah, I would, I would yeah. reiterate what you're saying, but, um, we're going to piss that first caller off about the 30 minute episodes. So let's get going. What Sorry, we- <laughs> dude. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. So, Hey, real quick. And then, and then we're going to move into our, our heritage of the yes, week here. Yes. But, uh, but I do need to make sure I mention the Patreon page, by the way. 
So yes, we have a Patreon page. This is a, an opportunity for us to provide bonus content to to you guys who are really crazy fans who love what we are, love the podcast and just can't get enough of it. Um, who want more than thirty minutes? They want you want extra bonus mm-hmm. stuff. So we put bonus interviews, bonus content, uh, bonus just all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, that's on uh, Patreon dot com slash heretic happy hour and we have uh two we only have two new patrons to mention uh, michelle oni and melinda douglas they help push us over the 600 dollars mark right is that right yes. over 600 yep. bucks? thank yep. you guys so, thank yeah, you thank, thank you. you god bless you and um we are well an update real quick on the uh our first goal we hit was to do a board game which is the um the heretic's journey a slippery slope or something like that and uh, it's in progress. It's an update. It's it should be hopefully ready by Christmas time, holidays, and uh, we will. If you come to the live, come to the live podcast recording and uh, at Sidecar Donuts offices, and we'll have a mock version. You can actually play a version of it and check it out. Mm-hmm. So there you yep. go. Yep. Yep. So now I think it's time for the Heretic of the Week. It's the Heretic of the Week. Hi, I'm Sister Kate, and I'm a heretic. Hi, Hi, Sister Kate. Kate. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, Matt, Matt Stefano here. And uh, thank you so much for um, joining us on the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We're so happy that you decided to take some time out of your day. Um, what we'd like to do with, uh, is just jump right into our first question with our guests. And could you explain to our listeners why some people consider you a heretic? Yeah, you guys don't sound like you believe me, but <laughs> there's six reasons right off the top of my head, that which means there's probably 60 reasons why people consider us heretics. Number one, we smoke weed and we make healing products with weed and we do that in a spiritual environment. That sounds amazing already. Yeah, we love it. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Number two, um, we're self-declared. In the great tradition of St. Scholastica, the very first Catholic nun, we are self-declared and some people have a problem with that. Number three, we don't go to church and we are not connected with any contemporary religion. We think praying is like begging and not very empowering where meditation is empowering. And so we do more of the latter than the former. I love it. So you are, you are unlikely to ever see us on our knees except when tending the pot plants. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, we believe the real Holy Trinity is man, God, and earth. But since Christianity took mother earth out of the equation, Many people have used that as a reason to abuse her. Mm. Number, number five, we refer to our creator as creator goddess for purposes of balance. And number six, we believe we are here to usher in a 200,000-year period of women running the world. The age of the matriarchy returns, and we are the midwives called to assist in the birthing. Bring it on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's it. That's the first six I could think of. I'm sure there's many more, but we're known as the weed nuns. And so it's, it's all in the title, right? Yeah. Right. Wow. What you just said is like a, is a showstopper. That was great. <laughs> it's like, yeah, bring it on, man. Yeah. I think all of those qualify. <laughs> all six of those. Definitely. You are, you get the heretic badge. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the club. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Can I, I, first of all, I, I, this is Jamal here, by the way, and um, I wanted to ask you. I really think it's fascinating that um, that you that you feel that um, the the Trinity is uh, God, humanity, and uh, the Earth. Why do you feel like Christ, traditional Christianity has replaced the Earth uh, from its sacred 
place? I think that it was a scramble by a bunch of pasty old Italian dudes at the Nicene. Hey now, hey now. (laughs) Sorry. Come up with something that satisfied the ancient sort of uh, uh, Celtic beliefs or Wiccan beliefs. And so the whole creation of this trinity was it was a political move to satisfy a certain amount of the electorate, basically. That's the way I look at the whole Nicene Council and the creation of the Bible. So, so to me, the the we took a wrong step right there. It should have been Creator God, Man, and the Planet, because this is the planet is uh, our part of our equation. We have no life without it, and the quality of our life would be horrible if we didn't have spirituality. Um, we believe that we are spiritual beings trying to walk a physical walk and, and therefore you can't take planet earth out of the equation. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Would you, um, would you go so far as to maybe expand that given that we, we have a different understanding of cosmology to, to say not only the earth, but all the created order. Yes. All, when we say earth, we're kind of talking about, sure. you know, the zebras sure. and the giraffes and the dandelions and the locusts and, you know everything. This, right, this is right. our this is our playground to us. This is where we come to learn, to grow, to stretch. This is sort of the Spartacus arena of the universe, and and mm. and so it, it and so it's the lowest dimension, and it's the hardest dimension, and it's not meant to be a cakewalk, and it's meant to be messy, and it's meant to be a playground where we are frustrated by love. We are lifted up by love. We are hurt by love. We are lifted up by each other. We create big things together. Then we hurt each other some more. It's meant to be like this frustrating center of learning. And and all other dimensions after this have to be lighter and easier. This has to be the hardest one. And that and that's sort of how we believe uh, the earth is. And, and that because it is a learning center, it can't be ignored in our soul path. Mm. I, I, I mm-hmm. love what you're sharing. And actually, a lot of what you're saying reminds me of it. We did an interview. I don't know if you're familiar with Father Richard Rohr. We did an interview with him, um, and he, he kind of referenced like the, I, I, the, uh, the original or one of some of the early church's understanding of um, the incarnation was uh, um, that literally it meant all of the material creation itself, the entire universe, is literally the divine man it's it's the it's the incarnation of the divine and so it sounds like that's a it's very similar to what you're saying that you a part of this our understanding of of reality itself is that the this dimension this universe that exists in this dimension is a is a manifestation manifestation of the sacred of, of of the divine of god and so i love that um i guess i quite i think we're mm-hmm. I think we're all kind of working our way to that from a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the universal oneness, the connectedness, we're all kind of working our way towards that elevated consciousness. Sure. And I love what you said about prayer. Be, typically, in the traditional sense of the word, that oh, prayer that was great. Um, is typically unempowering. The way most most Christians approach prayer is this kind of like like a, like a beggar pretty much begging somebody and it's very unempowering. I love that because I've I've actually found that to be the case as well. Can you talk a little bit more about why you feel like meditation is a, is more empowering than the traditional idea of prayer? Well, first of all, I'm the world's worst meditator. I can't meditate at all. I'm really bad at it. But I was raised by Catholic nuns in a Catholic church. And I think at about the age of 7 years old, I realized traditional praying didn't work for me. 
So when I prayed, I, in my mind and in my soul or my heart, I congregated the angels. And since the time I was seven or eight years old, I was just having meetings with the heavens in my mind. And I was always standing at a podium with an audience of about 50 angels that all worked directly for me. And if I had something that bothered me or something I wanted, I would inspire them with whatever my, with an oratory speech of brilliance, and then send the angels out to fix my problems. And that was kind of my way of dealing with the fact that I found praying or begging to be like going to my mom and dad for a nickel or a dime. I didn't want, I was Mm. uncomfortable with that. So in my whole life, I've never really done traditional praying because it was, it felt like begging, but neither have I been very good at meditating. So I'm an unlikely head of an order like this. <laughs> right. Wow. So, uh, wow, Sister Kate, I just got to say, I love you so much. And I <laughs> I, feel I, was just, I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, we bit off way more than we could chew by inviting you on the show. And I mean that in the very best way possible. Like, you are amazing. And, and I think we could probably Thank easily, you. we could have you on like every week and do a, do a show with you because you're, you're amazing. Um, and as much as you've, you've touched on so many amazing things, uh, I'm curious a little bit about your personal, um, it, we, we refer to it as deconstruction because many of the people, we ourselves and many of the people that follow our podcast sort of started out in a very, uh, you know, conservative kind of a Protestant world typically or Catholic, and then, and then found ourselves questioning our assumptions and beliefs and, and ended up in a different place. And I don't know if that's your story or not, but I'm yes. curious to hear yes. your story. And I'm also, if you could, please tell us also a little bit, and as you tell that story, a little bit about how uh, w- the Sisters of the Valley got started and how you ended up doing what you're doing. But yeah, please, please let us know. Okay, so when you when I saw your note, the process of deconstruction, I thought you were talking about pot. So my answer was <laughs> menopause. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought pot was sort of a bad, like recreational drug as well until I went through menopause in Amsterdam. And the doctor told hmm. me I should smoke pot for my sleeplessness. And then I was like, wow. So that sort of blew my mind and deconstructed many former thinking, much former thinking I had on the cannabis plant. But I like your question better because really I was a sort of a devoted Catholic my whole life. And then um, I I moved to Amsterdam and I raised my children in a Catholic school in Amsterdam. That was such a different experience because they were all like, like sort of you folks, all very enlightened, all scholarly, all uh, away from a lot of the traditional uh, garbage. And then I bring my children back from Amsterdam. So for example, when my children went to catechism in Amsterdam, they first studied ancient Celtic rituals. Then they studied ancient Jewish rituals because Jewish Judaism is considered the father of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Then they did Christianity and the, the priests and the couple that taught the children religion explained, oh, we do Christianity light because all that blood and crucifixion stuff is a real turnoff to the children, <laughs> which I thought was like amazing. Yeah. So sort of my wor- world experiences. And then I come back, move my children back to Kentucky. And the first thing we see are crosses on the lawn of the Catholic church. And my children say, what are the crosses for? And it happened to be September. And I said, I don't know. I think they're decorating for Halloween early. And then I called the Catholic (laughs) priest and I said to him, I can't join your church until you get those crosses off the lawn. And needless to say, they didn't take the crosses off the lawn. And then I never went back to the Catholic church. And then being outside of the church was a hole in my heart Mm. uh, for a long time. It was a hole in my heart. I missed 
And I had to, I, I did, I carried on with my own spiritual traditions, but the gathering with others to say prayers together, there's something very, very powerful about it that grounds mm-hmm. us in a way that I think reconnects us to that spiritual being that I was talking about trying to walk a physical walk. And so um, what sort of replaced my whole, the hole in my heart for religion and for incense and for singing and prayers became activism. And I became a pain in the butt activism and activist. And hmm. through my activism, I became Sister Occupy. I don't know if you guys know that, but the day Michelle Obama tried to talk to Congress about how unhealthy our children's meals are, Congress filibustered and a week later de- met to declare pizza a vegetable. And yep. when Congress declared pizza a vegetable, I declared myself a nun. That was it. It was too much. They just crossed the line. And as a mm. nun, I went to every activist event and every protest and got my 15 minutes of fame as Sister Occupy. But what was more interesting was the public coming to me and saying, please formalize this. And that is really the origins of the order that I serve today. Yeah. So um, I, I love everything you're saying, but I kind of wanted to maybe change gears sure. and since this episode we're you know we're going to be talking about cannabis i would love to hear maybe a lot of our a lot of our listeners are probably in some way christian or post christian or or what have you some some but but have a christian context right. so maybe could you um maybe say a word about why those folks should and and i don't want i don't want to put words in your mouth this is my view should at least be open to cannabis being something that Christians can partake in. Yes. Well, okay. There's a, um, <laughs> I don't know where to start. I, number one, because your grandchildren are going to have it in their Wheaties for breakfast to prevent all kinds. <laughs> so let's start from there. It doesn't hurt anyone. No one's ever died from it. We, here's what I tell people for a hundred years, the cannabis plant, has been lied about on a racist mission. And it was it was mm. all evil intentions so right. for a hundred years. Now what's happened? Now we have three generations of people who have endocannabinoid systems and THC registers built into their body and they've had them starved. And so I believe mm. a lot of the diseases we're seeing that we're seeing a lot more of than we ever saw before, bipolar, ADD, fibromyalgia. I think all of that is coming from starved endocannabinoid systems and starved THC registers. Before a hundred years ago, a child would have cannabis in his system three to four times before he's 20 years old by an herbalist or a shaman. Now for a hundred years, no one's had any of it. So now we have starved systems. So when I tell people when they take our, we make non-psychoactive cannabis products. We make, even though we think we're only serving the people in a half-assed way because we're only giving them half the plant medicine, we ship our products around the world and we're on a mission to get them in the hands of the most amount of people. So we're doing half the medicine the non-psychoactive side. But the fact of the matter is everybody has endocannabinoid systems in their system. You, So we tell people take a lot at the beginning because your third generation starved for this medicine. And just like one orange wouldn't cure scurvy, one dose of CBD is not going to help set your system right. But there we have on our Sisters of the Valley.biz site, all of the testimonials, none have been solicited just given to us by people and on our Facebook site 
For three and a half years, we've collected our testimonials. There is literally no symptom that CBD hasn't helped with. Sleeplessness, anxiety, muscle pain, joint pain, toothache. We also get, and I'm very leery to say this because I can get in trouble with the FDA by making claims. So this is not a claim. I'm just telling you what we've heard. Multiple reports from people where their uh, brain cancer tumors have gone away. Um, People who've had skin cancer have made it go away. People with vaginal cancer have made it go away. People with breast cancer have made it go away. We get these reports. We are not doctors and we are not even scientists. We're humble medicine women, humble farmers who grow the medicine and get it to the people to support ourselves. So we always tell people, keep with your doctors. Why? They have the fancy equipment to help measure your progress. But there's nothing that the CBD or the cannabis will hurt. It will only help. It's a very, we call it a collaborative, cooperative medicine, because it doesn't matter what you're taking, what kind of high blood pressure medicine you're taking, what you're taking, it will help you. It will work with that medicine to help you. Wow. Hey, Sister Kate, I I agree with everything you're saying. Um, Could you go into a little bit more detail though, into who it is, who it is you think is really behind the opposition of cannabis and why do they oppose it? Well, I think it, I blame it all on John McCain. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That, that was a joke. <laughs> that was probably a tasteless joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope he forgives me with all due respect. May he rest in peace and all that jazz. But I was just making a joke. No, there is something to it, though, that the old folks and the right guard have been so thoroughly brainwashed that you can't undo it. Honest to God, my mother's 88. I just, I asked her what she wanted from her birthday. And she said she wanted a box of our topical salve to give to people who are in pain. So I sent it to her and she said, this is a conversation I had yesterday. She said, I don't like giving it away to people who can afford to buy it. And I said, then collect the money for it. And she said, wouldn't that make me a dealer? (laughs) It's topical salve. It's topical salve. No one eats it. They rub it on their joints. So there's this. This So kind of part of tongue in cheek is more of the old people have to die. And then the truth will shine because they were so thoroughly um, uh, propagandized. Um, But the other answer to that is, of course, pharmaceutical. Pharmaceutical companies have nothing to gain, especially when we're telling everybody that they should be growing this. We think women around the world should be growing the non-psychoactive plant in their windshields, in their back, I mean, in their windowsills, in their backyards, everywhere, because it won't get anybody high. It looks like the stuff that would get you high. So if thieves stole it and tried to sell it, they'd probably get wiped out all through natural causes because it's not going to get anybody high. And we think the women have to start experimenting with this. We know a woman who's gone back to prescriptions in her eyeglasses by by taking the fresh shoots off of a plant every day and putting it in her salad. There's so much about the cannabis plant that we don't understand and don't know because we've retarded our own progress. That it's really the largest, most interesting uh, human study going on on the planet right now. And it will be for the next 20 years. We'll just be learning, learning, learning. And at the same time, we should be, while we're healing the people, we should be healing the planet And something the sisters are very interested in is crowdfunding and starting up like plastics that's a hemp. So hemp Ziploc, hemp Tupperware, hemp products 
that won't kill our oceans and our fish and our sea coral if they're not disposed of properly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, you touched on something that I, that I have found that's really true. And it's, it's very funny because uh, I don't have personally very much connection at all uh, with marijuana or CBD or hemp or anything like that. I've, I'm really someone who's only learning about it right now. Uh, but in my research that I've just did recently for, for actually for a client I was working for, I was writing a series of articles about um, specifically about faith and cannabis. And one of the things that shocked me, which you touched on, was the fact that there is so little uh, scientific and medical research out there. They're really only just now beginning to do what what would be called uh, acceptable research, where you know where the medical field is going to actually accept the findings. Because, like you said, there are you know hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands, of testimonials of people saying this this you know cured my insomnia, this cured my, my child's, uh, you know, uh, epileptic seizures or all these things. And, uh, there's lots and lots of, um, testimonials, but, but very, very little, you know, complete thorough research. And I think you're right. I think it's because the pharmaceutical companies, um, don't, don't have a piece of that pie. And so they're not very interested. In fact, what they recognize is that it, the more CBD, becomes widely used, the more it's going to cut into their pie. Um, and people are going to use right. less of their their drugs, right? And more of CBD. Right. And, and to get back at them, the sisters plan on being the Marlboros of the CBD joints because we have gotten so many people off of cigarettes. But so Marlboro is probably going to be after me personally. But I just... <laughs> Everybody knows cigarette smoking is bad for you. And CBD joints help people get off of cigarettes. We've also gotten people off of meth and heroin. And when we get people off of an addiction, they stay off of it. There's no 5% rate that AA and NA claim. AA and NA have a 5% clean rate. You know that? We have a 100% clean rate. Mm. And our oldest person, the first person I got over heroin is now five and a half years clean. And he's 24 years old. And uh, wow. there's another 24-year-old who was addicted to meth, and we got him clean. So we just know our small sample size of our world. But in our world, we're having 100% success, and we have to pay attention to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the, the irony of it is that you're using this medicine to do this good work. And, and going back to Keith, what you said about not having research in the field, well, it's schedule. It's a schedule. It's a schedule one drug, meaning that the government has deemed cannabis to be highly addictive and non-medicinal. So it puts it up there, like cocaine is schedule right. two, and so th which 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 basically means schedule one drugs are not going to be researched. There's not going to be funding right. for them to be researched because we've already deemed it non-medicinal and highly addictive. I just find it so ironic that folks like you are subverting the whole system and using that so-called schedule one drug to get people off the drugs that are really yeah, hard. Funny. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing. And we, these boys, let me tell you what's happened with every one of them that we've worked with. They've migrated, they go to tobacco from meth and then they go off of tobacco and head towards cannabis smoking. And then they end up giving that up in exchange for a gym membership. I mean, that's what's really happened with everybody we've worked with. So, you know, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous that it's a schedule one. No one should be honoring that. I don't think, I think it's pretty clear. No one is honoring that. Right. Yeah. Except for the DEA. But yes. 
<laughs> yes, but I, I but we've been doing this for three and a half years and no one's bothering us. So, I mean, as much as we we're yeah. paying all our taxes local and up to the payroll tax, we pay, we tax every tax we can pay, we do pay and we overpay. Um, but we don't have a conditional use license from our county for running this business where we're running it. And they don't know how to do it. Don't say that too loud. Yeah, they don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but we're doing it anyway. And we're encouraging women around the world to do it. We're opening orders in Canada, Mexico, UK, New Zealand, Australia. Those are our highest purchasing markets, which makes sense because those are, I mean, with the exception of Mexico, those are all English speaking countries. But we're encouraging women around the world and especially spiritual people. We're interested in working with the monks and the sisters. Because they're already trusted by their communities. So why shouldn't they get in the game? And they're also starving. So they should get in the game. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Sister Kate, I, I have a question for you. It's a little bit uh, maybe a different direction, but I think possibly connected. But sure. you mentioned um, you mentioned that you refer to God as goddess um, and yes. to correct the imbalance. So I, I wanted to hear more about um, that thought and how do you understand uh, seeing the divine through the feminine lens? Oh, I knew you guys would have hard questions. Okay, the <laughs> goddess thing is about the planet has for 200,000 years been ruled by male energies. And my understanding of this is it was necessary to conquer and, and uh, civilize and get where we are. But now we are crossing a threshold into a 200,000 year period of the planet being ruled by feminine en energies. It's a necessary nesting and caring for and away from the conquering. So for that reason, mm. we want to bring Mother Goddess into all of our prayers and into all of our equations simply to sort of prepare us for this new divine age of divine feminine energies ruling the planet. Mm. Love it. That's awesome. Well, Sister Kate, this has been amazing stuff and uh, so happy that you decided to join us today. Can you tell uh, our listeners where people can check out your work online or on social media, or do you guys have a website um, just to leave, leave them with that so they can go check you out? Sure. There's a website called sistersofthevalley.biz where we have a lot of information just about us. And then there's a store, sistersofcbd.com. And we have a book coming out next month called The Accidental Nun. And since you guys are all in California, you should come up to one of our moon cycles. We have a full, new moons are for the, the women, full moons are for the tribe. That means every full moon we have a large gathering and a feast and a fire ceremony. So I'd just like to invite all of you to come up to a ceremony when it's convenient for you to do so and actually participate in, and see what we're doing firsthand. Thank you. Can I can I bring some of the stuff that does have THC in it? Yes, please do. I'll share some. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. All right, I'm there. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, Sister Kate. This has been such a blessing thank and an you. honor. And I, I, if I want to, I want to recommend to you, by the way. If this thought has never crossed your mind, you really should have your own podcast because this was such a wonderful oh. <laughs> conversation and I could, I could hear you doing this on a regular basis and, I, and I, I would listen. I would love to hear more of what you have to say, but thank you. Well, thank yeah, thank you. you for making our podcast so much better today. Thank you. Thank you guys very Thanks. much for what you do. Thanks. Man. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That was wonderful. She's awesome. Yes, she is. That was so <laughs> intriguing and so fun. <laughs> Man, she she's hilarious, and I hear I hear that she they're going to be on Nightline. Is that correct? Uh, ABC's yeah, Nightline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they're getting a lot of publicity. Yeah, they're getting a ton of publicity and a lot of traction, and super super interesting conversation. Yeah, 
And it it transitions us so nicely, obviously, into our topic today. The devil's lettuce, you know? I mean, (laughs) God, I... I I don't even know where to begin because... I mean, as it's obvious, I'm a I'm a pothead, and I've taken a lot of shit from um, from people for that. Um, so it's it's exciting to do an episode on cannabis or marijuana or weed or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But, so where I don't I don't know where do you guys want to? I mean, we're talking to a lot of folks who have deconstructed and reconstructed things. Probably a lot of folks who listen to this show um have have some insight into uh, cannabis and the drug war and probably some people even use um yet still remain christian so but then there's probably some who are still on the fence or or even against it so it's it's kind of hard to start thinking about like where do where do we start um keith you invited me to help you out do a bunch of articles um for a a cannabis site and we did that and a lot of the ideas that they gave us was where in the Bible is marijuana mentioned or is weed a sin? So maybe we should talk about, um, maybe we should start with is weed a sin? And to that, I just think right. it's, it's, it's like the wrong question maybe because yeah. it's, it's like, well, maybe, and maybe not like, just like maybe alcohol is something that is a symptom of sin or alcoholism. And for some you know, I like to have a glass of wine. A lot of people are fine with that. And so for some people, they aren't. So uh, you guys want to start with there? Do you want to talk about sin, maybe? Or is it a sinful thing? Well, I, I just want to kind of piggyback on what you were saying. Because like my, uh, th- those blog articles that you you helped me write, and you and I, yeah, uh, and another friend, I can't, we're not supposed to name the other friend because he wants to remain anonymous, but uh, right. another friend. Yeah. So the three of us, uh, I basically had to write like 50 blog articles uh, about cannabis. Yeah. And a lot of it was asking the question, as you said, you know, what does the Bible say about like a whole blog article, you know, like a 2000 word article about <laughs> right. what does the Bible say about marijuana? And the answer is nothing. Yeah, so now not. what? Right. <laughs> so, exactly. but, 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 the, but it's interesting because that's the kind of stuff people are searching for and Googling exactly. when they, you know, Christians, when they, when they come up to this is like, well, what does the Bible say about it? Well, the truth is nothing, right. which is, and that in itself, I think to me, that in itself is interesting because number one, it's not as if. Uh, ancient bi- cultures during the Bible, the time the Bible was written, it's not as if other cultures and other religions didn't use mind-expanding substances like drugs, and they they did. It was part of their pagan worship practices, and yet uh, the Bible seems to either not know about it or not care about it. Like it just seems to sort of be like uh, it's a non-issue, right? Um, and then so the, what it does talk about, as you mentioned, is alcohol, and uh-huh. and now again we assume. That oh yeah, the Bible is against uh, alcohol, or if it does mention it, it's it's don't be drunk, don't get intoxicated. But that right. isn't the tr- that isn't the case actually. So there's 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 uh, a handful, probably five or six uh, verses in the Bible that that actually say that God gave us wine or w- encourages us to celebrate and to be for our hearts to be happy with wine and for us to um to enjoy it so and in jesus first miracle was turning water into wine after exactly you know exactly. people have been partying for a week and we're already sloshed and he said hey here's even more right Wait, so wasn't it's that, not wasn't that wasn't that grape juice though that was great oh juice. no no it was not grape juice it was the good stuff and it uh, was because it was because the water was so bad that that's what they had to drink that's what i've heard sure. also <laughs> and we also see that uh by the way also we noticed that, that jesus does say that he drank wine because you know what the 
when he, when he um in the upper room when he says this this is my this cup is my blood of the new covenant and this this bread is my body broken for you he says and i will not drink any more of the fruit of the vine which means up to that point he was drinking wine uh right. paul also paul also encourages timothy hey don't just drink water with your meal but go ahead and drink wine you know for your digestion and things like that so at any rate, the, the point, the bottom line is that the Bible is not against the idea of being intoxicated on occasion to celebrate. Like, in other words, there's times for that, that, that the Bible allows that. Yeah, sorry to say that there, it's, not a, it's not as clear cut as we would want it to be. Um, so, I remember the, anyway, la- the, last time, the last time I got intoxicated, I was at a wedding. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So I think, I think um, so anyway, the, po- the bottom line is I don't think the Bible... First of all, it says nothing about drugs at all. And when it does talk about substances like alcohol, it's not it's not a don't touch it, don't get don't get intoxicated message. Uh, there's room for that. And then I think the third thing we have to mention is that uh, that cannabis specifically does have a lot of healing properties, as Sister Kate mentioned, as we talked about with her in her interview. Um, a lot of people are discovering, and now even the medical community is discovering that there are a whole lot of beneficial you know, health benefits to, to CBD oil and, uh, and that kind of a thing. So, uh, the idea that God created all the herbs bearing all the herbs and seed bearing plants in in Genesis, that he did this for our good, that he pronounced it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, as sister Kate mentioned, uh, the human body f- physiologically, it's like God created the human body with cannabis receptors. Like, why is that? That seems very specific. Like maybe God is okay with that. Uh, where yeah. our, the human body is intended to receive benefit from cannabis. Um, and so, yeah, I think we have a stigma we have to overcome, but I think from a biblical standpoint and from a, from a physiological standpoint, there's no reason to say Christians shouldn't partake. Yeah. And, I, and, uh, and, and Keith, I, <laughs> I love that you ended with that by talking about our, our cannabinoid receptors, because it's it's so obvious to me that I mean and so when we talk about cannabis we, we normally think about marijuana but there is this whole other uh, uh, side of it called hemp and it's still cannabis and it has CBD which does have healing properties that our body does um, have receptors that then the CBD binds with that and then the medicine uh, works in our body um, what's what's interesting and of course, I'm going to problematize things because that's what I do is a lot of Christians will say, okay, that's fine. Then we can do hemp, but you can't use the intoxicating stuff, the THC, right? That's the the stuff in the marijuana that gets you high. Um, I'll I'll give an anecdotal response to that. I have an autoimmune disease where my lymphatic function gets all screwy. And so I actually need the, and, and this is, of course, in the States, as we mentioned with Sister Kate, we don't do studies because we just demonize it. But in other countries like in Italy and Great Britain and even Israel, um, they've done studies that have shown that the THC, not the CBD, the THC regulates an out-of-control lymphatic function. And so our lymphocytes, which are white blood cells, which are used to fight disease, mine goes haywire and when I get THC in my and my body that the THC binds with my receptors, it it regulates that function so that I'm able to function as a normal human being. Um, so we we can't just split up and say. And I and when we were doing the article the article research, Keith, 
Um, I, I watched a video of a guy who said that God created the hemp, the hemp plant, of course, but then after the fall, then it turned into marijuana and then the THC came in and it's bad. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Because, right. and, and yes, the THC can get you high and yes, people can have problems just like they can have problems with anything. Um, however, the THC is also medicine too for some people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To- totally. You know, and I... A couple of verses come to mind, you know, one, one verse, I think it's what first Corinthians 10, 23, that says all things are lawful and Paul and Paul's obviously making a statement, but all things are lawful, but not, not all things are beneficial. All things um, are lawful, but not all things build up. Um, and I think that's a really, imp- and I, so if I'm, if we're going to translate this verse to, <laughs> to, to, to common or to English, <laughs> basically the, the, the essence of that is like, look, when it says all things are lawful, like we're not governed by right or wrong. We're not governed by this sense of, is this legal or illegal? So it's not a question of being legal or illegal, right or wrong in the sense of a, of a penal code kind of thing. You know, again, most Christians are, have been conditioned to look at everything through the sense of right and wrong. And so when Paul says all things are lawful, he's basically saying, look, it's not even a question about right or wrong, anything. The real question that it comes down to is, um, it, <clears throat> what is the, what is the motivation or purpose behind it? I think you can do a lot of things, not just, we're not just talking about like what marijuana mm. or, you know, or any kind of, it's like, am I doing this for, I mean, this, you can, again, people know that have had food addictions can go back to this, even food that's what's legitimate food can be used to try to mask or medicate or numb mm-hmm. something deeper going on. Mm-hmm. And if that's going on, obviously it's not beneficial for you because is, if you're masking some pain with a drug or with, I don't want to say drug, with, with anything, food, marijuana, alcohol, it doesn't even matter. Sex. Exactly. Anything. Sex. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you're, you're not dealing with the roots of what's happening. Now on the other side, I find it very fascinating just personally, like, like you guys mentioned that our bodies do have these receptors. Why is that? I also find it very interesting that like, especially like I've, I've, I've known some friends that, uh, you know, have made trips to South America and, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, join up with <clears throat> some shamans down there and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go through for, you know, maybe a week or two weeks spiritual, um, retreat. And part of their, part of the things that they do down there is like drinking tea that comes from, you know, trees that actually produce this tea, um, certain plants that they use to make teas out of. And this is natural. This is like what these come from the divine. If you believe that God created everything, these, and when you drink these things, it, it helps you. It actually, and the folks I've talked to have had these experiences where it helped them, you know, unlock a hidden part of themselves that have been locked away and they deal with some very deep pain Oof. and they come out on the other side of it. Many of those folks have, have um, had these breakthroughs and like literally have life transformation uh, that occurs post this. Now it's, it's not like that, it, that drug was needed I mean, because I've known people that have the same experience through, you know, just getting honest with themselves through certain coaching techniques that you know, I work with when I work with people or even uh, through meditation. But it seems to me that there's these natural substances that can actually speed up the process to really help a person um, see beyond the grid, so to speak. Mm. And um, it's not a hallucinogen as more as it's a it kind of 
it kind of takes away the filter that we see life through. You know, I know mushrooms can be that way and some of these teas and ayahuasca can be that way. So anyway, this is a, I find that to be very fascinating that these things exist and it can be very helpful to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. These are friends of yours, Jamal. I'm sure these are just right, friends. Right, right, right. Uh, anyway, what I want, I want, just kidding. What I wanted to go back to was something that you said, Matt, about uh, the video you watched where the guy said, uh, was trying to suggest that um, that the fall produced, uh, you know, this uh, THC that now makes right, you high. Right. And I just, it just made me wonder, like, what's wrong with being intoxicated? What's wrong with feeling good? What's wrong with a substance that 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 takes away some pain and makes you feel good. Like, first of all, you wouldn't be able to do any surgeries without substances like that, right? right? right. Without without opium or uh, yeah. morphine or those kind of things. Right. Like, you you wouldn't be able to do surgeries. That's a good thing if you can take away pain and and bring some good you know relieve relieve suffering. Um, and and then I mean all the way down to something like coffee. I'm sorry, I love coffee, and caffeine does give you a bit of a high. So it's sort of like to say, if you're trying to say that as a Christian, oh, God doesn't want you um, to experience any kind of pleasure or any kind of a good feeling from any sort of uh, plant-based substance, well, then you're going to have to give up everything from coffee to aspirin to, you know, all kinds to jo- of things. To kind of jogging. Silly. I mean, we call it runner's high for a reason, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your own body. Thank you for saying that. Your own body produces endorphins. And by the way, people get addicted to that. That's right. why some people are addicted to running or jogging right. because they get that runner's high and then they get addicted to that. Those endorphins that are now flooding through their body and the adrenaline, the adrenaline junkies, right? Mm-hmm. People that jump out of planes or climb climb mountains and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, again, it's an, I, I think, Jamal, you made a really good point about, I think it's, it's, it's wise to take a step back and say, okay, do you have, are you, are you dealing with some like really deep emotional pain that you're not dealing with it? You should be dealing with it. Maybe you should get into some counseling. Maybe you should be, you know, deal, or maybe even it's a physical problem, right? Where maybe you need to go see a doctor instead of just like getting high to numb the pain and like you're sort of self-medicating or you're, or you're taking drugs to stuff down your emotional feelings because you don't want to deal with them. Well, that's not healthy that you shouldn't do that, but don't blame it on the substance. The problem isn't the substance that you're using. The problem is the action of not properly addressing the pain. Uh, That's what needs to be dealt with now. And for some people though, at the same time, for some people like Matt, the proper way to address the pain is to use uh, cannabis, right? Because that is treating and, and bringing healing to the pain. It's not, it's not avoiding it. It's directly dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I and think, so I think it's, it's good to ask that question. Absolutely. And I think at some point it may be good for us to maybe do an entire episode on the, on the, on the topic of addiction because yeah. addiction is a real thing. But you know, again, I feel like, like in the West, specifically the United States, we so often demonize the external. We, we want to like find the thing, like like prohibition, you know, back in the what the twenties and thirties, and we said, okay, alcohol. And people actually believe this: alcohol is the root right. of our society's ill. So let's demonize this substance. And we we have not learned from that mistake, and, and we keep trying to do that, like demonize something external. But addiction, you know, there's been a lot of studies done, and we again, we need to do an episode on this because we can get a lot, a lot into this. Yeah, we should. But addiction, yeah, the should. root of addiction has nothing to do with external substances. They've actually been able to break addiction. There's societies, there's yep. there's communities in Europe have that have had addiction like like um, just absolute 
uh, epidemic of addiction, and they've been able to compl- almost entirely eradicate it because they found what the root of addiction is and they were able to treat it. And it has yes. nothing to do with <clears throat> demonizing substances. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah, I wrote a blog on that, actually. Uh, there was a video on YouTube that I watched that addressed the, this idea that basically, essentially what, they, what, they, what the research showed um, – was that the cure for addiction is community? Yeah. Really, it's, yeah. it's connection, connection with other human beings. It's connection. Yeah, connection and community. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's great. Anyway, yeah, uh, I, I'm glad you Jamal. I wanted to go back to um, you quoted that Paul verse, and another one that stands out to me is something that Jesus said, and I and I used it in the articles, and I think Keith did too that we wrote recently. Um, it's Matthew fifteen eleven. It's not what enters the mouth that defiles a person. It's what comes out of the mouth, and that's my paraphrase. But essentially, what he's saying is, it's it's not important necessarily what we put into our bodies. What's more important is what comes out of it, how we speak to others, how we treat others, how we. Uh, so, so going to the question, would cannabis affect me in a positive or negative way? Well, see what comes out your mouth. See what see what the fruit of your life is. Right. Um, for me personally. Yes. I get to function as a as a normal, semi-normal human being with a semi-normal gastrointestinal <laughs> tract. You know, um, I don't I don't have to yeah. worry so much about, um, and I don't want to be gross, but where the bathroom is and how I'm going to feel if I go out. You know, um, right. And, and so just that that that's one thing we have to remember. And and Christians need to remember that there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about these sort of things that. We've got to get away from this don't do this, don't do that type of Christianity because this this taboo prohibition-based Christianity because there's too much uh, meat, especially, well, in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament a lot too, about that that's not what's important. Um, it, it, the other things right. are important, how we love, how we lift up, how it builds up, all those sort of things. And further, going back to us saying that the Bible doesn't mention cannabis specifically, well, there are some researchers who actually believe, and they've done stuff, and they've, they, you know, Asula Benet was an anthropologist uh, from the 20th century. She actually argues that the anointing oil in Exodus 30 that God gave to Moses, he gave him a specific recipe on Mount Sinai, said, go make this anointing oil. And there's all these, um, uh, how, to, how to do the anointing oil, how to treat the anointing oil. It's sacred and all this sort of stuff. She actually argues that the cannabosum, um, and that's the Hebrew word is cannabis, not sweet calamus, which is what's in our English. So, <laughs> and I, and I know that's, I know that's not the scholarly consensus. Um, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I'm not an etymologist. I'm not a linguist, all those things. I, so I don't, I don't really care either way, but it's interesting that if that is the case, and if we as Christians have, especially here in America have gone so far as to just completely prohibit cannabis. Uh, we've got this like reefer madness mentality. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that it would be very ironic if then the Jewish anointing oil actually included it. And it would have been hemp and not marijuana. I understand yeah. that. But it's still the same. It's essentially the same plant. And so I just find that to be really painfully ironic if that's the case. And and, and it makes me chuckle. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, I thank you, thank you for bringing that up because doing again, doing these blogs, uh, doing the research, and, and coming across that kind of bosom, the things again, like you said, it's it's not conclusive, but man, it really is fascinating because like the 
the word, uh, the root word for con, for con, I guess, kana, possum, mm-hmm. the root word for con uh, linguistically yeah, is connected to the Hebrew word for mm-hmm. hemp. So uh, that's one of the reasons why she thinks that, um, that she argues that, that it really was cannabis. And, and, and again, it, here's what's fascinating to me. If, if that anointing oil used by the priests was, did include cannabis, that means literally every single thing that God ever blessed in the entire Bible was anointed with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Now, think about that. That's pretty amazing. I'll smoke to that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Which, but- and what's funny too is like I I don't even smoke. I don't I don't I don't use it in any way. I don't use the oils. I don't yeah. smoke or anything. But but having done this research, I'm like, dude, I think we've just demonized this so so much. Um and if you do also do the studies of of uh, we don't have to get into that, but but of why it got demonized in America and scheduled as a, a you know, classified as a schedule 1 drug, it's it is very much based on uh, a lot of racism, racism. Uh, a lot of fear. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, um, yeah, uh, it, all that stuff. It, it's, it's almost conspiratorial uh, the way it's been demonized and the reasons why, and we touched on some of that with sister Kate. Right. Um, yeah. I just think it's, it's really silly. And, and you know, here's the thing too. When you watch those videos on YouTube, if you haven't, I would recommend go watch these videos on YouTube of these young, these little kids who are having se- these epileptic seizures and they put like two drops of CBD oil in this kid's mouth, and within seconds, that seizure is gone. And and some of these children who have been who have been treated with CBD oil, who have had these epileptic seizures, sometimes hundreds of seizures, you know, a day, have dropped down to having like two or three oh, yeah. a year. It's really amazing, you know. And so it's again, it's very hard for me when I see that kind of stuff to say we this should be not 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 only should this not be illegal. Right. This should be something that we should be championing and spreading yeah. because there's some beautiful healing being done through this, and it's kind of silly to totally and I, to keep it away from people. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to have a lot of um, motivation on behalf of um, you know just a lot of segments of our society that are motivated by pharmaceuticals that make a lot of money um, that would lose a lot of money if something as natural as marijuana could be you know could have could be used in place of these manufactured drugs that on my opinion do a lot more harm than they do good so um that's one aspect but yeah the failed drug war i mean like well first of all anytime you demonize something and and blame it as the root of your problems you're never going to get anywhere because that's that's never you never fix a internal problem by an external solution or demonizing something external either and i think but there's a lot of evidence out there to suggest that the drug war was a was a creation. Yeah, maybe this is too much for this episode. But um, you know, there there have been people. I remember uh, listening, uh, watched a documentary where there were they actually somebody in the Nixon administration in the early seventies acknowledged that they invented oh, yep. Yep. the drug war. Yep. They actually infiltrated um, yep. uh, into into certain community segments of the society uh, drugs to taint their message to cause them to go off track. And then I know in the 1980s. Oh, and it gave them an excuse. Yeah, it gave them an excuse to incarcerate yeah. them as well. In the 1980s, you know, the patron saint of evangelical Christianity, Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that he was responsible for this. <laughs> However, um, in his administration, they needed to get some money to fund um, a group of rebels in Nicaragua oh, yeah. uh, to fight yeah. the communists, and they could not get congressional funding for it. So they, and this was acknowledged by the CIA, 
eventually. They actually came out. Nobody talks about it. Um, and the reporter who initially uh, came out with the story was found dead a little bit later, and uh, a little few years later, as yep. suicide. And they did an entire movie on this. This is po- po- yeah, yeah, it's called yeah, it's called Kill the Messenger. Yeah, yeah it's Jeremy Renner's in it. It's called Kill the Messenger. Unbelievable! It's a great movie. You should watch it. It'll blow your freaking mind. They literally that this guy. This Introduced, they exposed it. Yeah, yeah, they introduced. They were selling drugs. Created yeah. the substance. You know, uh, make, you know. However, they created crack cocaine. You know, uh, brought brought the cocaine up from South America. Um, government, literally, the it was the C, a CIA operation to supply drugs to uh, to drug lords in inner city communities in this country, get people addicted, and take that money and fund. Um, a, a clandestine government operation in South America. Um, and it's like literally how many, I mean, an entire generation of folks were addicted. They exploited the weaknesses of this yeah. community. And not people, only, yeah. And not, now in prison. Yeah. And, and not, we have, we have an yeah, entire, yeah, so I was going to say yeah, over 20%. We, ha- we, we have the largest population of folks behind bars of any country in the world. We're supposed to be the land of the free and literally I think it was at one in five Americans are incarcerated because of this created problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then real quick, the, the thing I wanted to say real quick is that um, not only did they create crack cocaine and sell it on the streets to fund this drug war, they also in, uh, introduced legislation that made it like almost twice as like the, 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 um, the penalty for selling or using or being caught with crack cocaine was much, much higher than for using just regular cocaine, which of course, well, most white people were using regular right, rich white kids and people yeah. of color. And yes. And so, yeah, people of color in poorer communities were using the crack cocaine, which by the way, they created and sold to them and then put them in jail for longer, incarcerated them with stiffer penalties for using the, the cocaine substance that they created. Yeah. It's really yeah. evil. the whole drug war is so fucking, I hate it. It's I'm, it's so you think we would have learned something from alcohol prohibition, you know? You think we would have learned like, oh, I wonder where Al Capone came from. I wonder where all these gangsters came from. And we're (laughs) like, oh, let's just do the same shit. And then you have like MS-13 and all these, you you create this like this uh, power vacuum and then it just explodes and becomes something worse. But then you get to turn around and you get to fight a drug war and you get to fund all these agencies. And then you get to, you get to have these private prisons that are for profit. So you get to lock up black folks for doing nonviolent drugs and you get to make money doing that shit. Get the fuck out of here. That is, that is fucked up. And and if, and, 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 and the sad thing is, is that like you said, like, oh man, I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of donations today. This is the most expensive. This is the most expensive (laughs) podcast ever. It just fires me up because it's so, and it's, and it's backed primarily by conservative evangelical christians and so it, going all the way yeah. back to the start is we to sin yep it sure is but it's the it's the ones who are advocating for this type of shit that are the sinful ones in my opinion oh there you go man drop the bomb there that was oh, good god it just it fires me i feel my heart be like racing faster and faster because it gets <laughs> me so fired up that that we do this and and we continue to do it and it, it's just Oh, so if you're interested, if you want to get as fired up as me, our producer is telling us we're, we're going to be putting links to all the things that we're mentioning in the show notes. So on heretichappyhour.com, we have all the show notes. You can click all these links. You can check out all those videos. You can check out the videos of, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, what, what was her name? She was uh, Charlotte. 
uh, little girl who had all those grand mal seizures, yeah. and they they made a strain in Colorado of of no THC, all CBD, and her grand mal seizures went down by the hundreds of percent. You know, like down from four hundred to to two a month. Yeah. So we'll have links to all that shit in there, and um, yeah. So ma- do make sure to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this was this was a good episode, man. We had some, uh, I think we had some really good info to share, and uh, I really appreciated everyone's perspective. This yeah. was really good. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. And and uh, you know what? I want to also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Live show. Live show. Live show coming up. Coming up, live show. Come on out. Also, uh, we do have a hotline. Yes, we do. Um, yeah. Oh, do we? We do. That's brand new, right? Mm-hmm. We do. Give us a call. Or an email. Electronic mail, yes, we have electronic mail now.